With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Radio. This thing right here is for my people's in the Yes, yes, today. Yes, yes, today. You know, as we start this show, this one might be. There is a pause throughout the stadium as this man sounds like he just coughs up a lung. They're looking around. The jumbotron shows and pans the cheerleaders, and as it goes down each cheerleader's face, each one breaks up into laughter, which at this particular time destroys half the stadium. The other half is still trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Does this guy need CPR uh, or something? And then at that particular time, I lost it. Devon Drup. Yes, 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 today. Lost Hope Radio. Phoenix is another place. They got a great uh, training staff. I mean, they, they were able to breathe life back into Shaq. And if you can do that, I mean, people talk a lot about their training staff. Yes, yes, today, you know, as we start this show, this one mic. All right, welcome to One Mic uh, here on the RC platform. This is guy D. Wills in the building uh, getting you into the show. Uh, as always, I want to make sure that you all uh, get over to realsportsguys.com. Uh, you can listen to all our most recent podcast and go back into the catalog a little bit. All you have to do is click on the podcast tab and you will uh, be able to hear uh, all of our shows. We are trying to upgrade. That's for us, Real Sports Guys Central. So make sure you get over to realsportsguys.com. But if you're a podcaster, get, uh, you can get us on uh, on Apple or all other podcast platforms as well. Or you can always come to Blog Talk uh, radio uh, website uh, to, to look for us as well. So we appreciate you. If you have a chance to rate us, please give us a five. Share some comments. We appreciate that uh, for sorting us, supporting us here on the underground. You know, we uh, for the past couple of weeks we've been uh, doing a preview of each of the divisions for the NFL. But uh, Hank is not here this week, so we're gonna take a little hiatus away from that. Come back to it next week. Uh, we will be good. We will be uh, uh, looking at the AFC uh, North uh, as well as the AFC South next week. Doing a preview with that. Uh, we'll have a little bit of football because it's football fever. That's the name of this podcast today, and we'll we'll get into that and decipher in about uh, about uh, ten to fifteen minutes. Uh, but I got to bring my my co-host tonight uh, onto the air with me uh, so that we can uh, we can uh, let y'all know who's in the building. But we're gonna start we're gonna start with a uh, with a special guest, the person who's gonna be uh, uh, sitting in the seat for our man Hank. Uh, we know him as uh, Kyle Hampton, but we also on this show officially call him the Hammer. He brings it uh, from Chicago. Don't just say Chicago, from Southside. Uh, my man, Carl Hampton. How you doing? I'm great, D. Wells. How you doing, brother? Man, welcome, man. It's good to get, have you here on the show. It's always good to have you bless us and, 
on the mic and um, bless our uh, the underground and the RSG family. So we, we always good. We look fun. To look 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 good. Uh, we look forward to having a, a good time with you tonight. And then you know we got the youngin. You know he's growing. You know he, he he's all over the sports world, but he's killing that boxing thing. You know he's doing it all. My man, my man Darnell Kirkland. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Two days is in full swing. We got pads on. We're starting to get all the plays down. We got a few injuries um, going on right now, but that's that's typical for for you know the first day, first time you put on the pads. Everybody got a little finger, but it's um it's been fun, man. We're just taking it one day at a time, but it's just this is great to be back out there. Oh, so you got you got the youngins going. You got the youngins going. You know, uh, y- y'all gonna try and make some noise this year. You know it. As all I, right. As our start with tackle said, we gonna have seven all state. <laughs> he said we gonna have seven all state offensive linemen. He said we gonna have two uh, all state linemen on the bench. <laughs> all right. There you go. Uh, y- y- y'all already talking before we would get there. I-, I can appreciate that. Well, we got a good show tonight. Uh, we are are going to be killing. If you're a first time listener, uh, we have we have kind of three main segments to one mic. We have an open mic session where we're, you know, we kind of uh, are just trying to get warmed up. We throw some topics up uh, in there, and then we get into the cipher, which is our main part of our podcast, which you'll get in about ten to fifteen minutes, uh, which is usually the title of the show. We're, we're going to be talking about football, both both college and some NFL topics, uh, and then we will uh, uh, drop the mic. We usually have the the uh, uh, elder statesman Hank usually drops the mic, but you know we we want when we have a guest here, we always like to have our guest be the one to drop the mic to close the show out. And so that's we hope that uh, Hammer will be that person to, to close it out for us uh, tonight. Uh, but in this open mic, we're gonna call this open mic Hammer Time. <laughs> you know, for you old Oak Town three five seven folks over there, we're gonna call it Hammer Time. Because we, you know, when you get the hammer on, you know, we got to catch up. Me and Ham, we go way back. And so I'm always, and I, I really respect his opinion. And there's times when we'll be debating and arguing. But I love to get his his perspective on things uh, because he'll come with it, you know. And and, and contrary to popular belief from Hammer and I would tell folks, folks are always talking about, well, folks in the Midwest are passive. And I'm like, y'all, I don't know where y'all go to talk about people being quiet. Hammer's from the South Side. He say what he mean, he mean what he say. So he he, he, he his chest, and, and if you ain't been in those spaces where we grew up, I don't know where y'all get to some of this stuff about the Midwest, because that's not how it goes. You'll, you'll find that out with my man Hammer. So we got some topics that I want to throw at the Hammer, just kind of get going and get him back in the flow a, a little bit. And, and Darnell and I will follow up or, or respond to, you know, whatever he said. You know, we, we're going to try and hit him with some things in the news. So Hammer, I want to start out with what you thought and what you were thinking about when the NCAA came out with their new rules in terms of what they want to do with college basketball that was, uh, you know, um, uh, branded uh, by, uh, by LeBron James uh, and his, whatever, eight, 89,000 million uh, uh, followers uh, as uh, the Rich Paul rule. And then they came back and they rescinded it. But as you were watching that unfold, what were, what were you thinking about? What were you, and what, yeah, I just want to get your what your initial thoughts or what you thought about when all that was happening. Well, the bottom line with the Rich Paul rule is that they're uh, very upset that um, 
a young African American uh, man like Rich Paul, who doesn't come from the club clique, can have such power that he has. Uh, the young man he's getting is uh, is a student athletes um, who eventually become NBA players. The fact that this guy is able to basically change the NBA and get AD traded to uh, the Lakers because of his move. Uh, he's, he's, they were Draymond Green is with him, so this guy is a brand. They don't want another Rich Paul out there, so this is a way to stop that. But you look at what happened with again uh, with LeBron's brand and just people calling it out, people having the freedom of uh, expression. They said no to this, and, and the the, um, the 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 uh, you know again it was vitriolic as far as the reaction to it. Uh, people call it straight up racist, and uh, you look at people like Jalen Rose calling it out, and everyone from the sports, sports spectrum calling it out, and seeing this as as, as a way to deny opportunity to uh, young African American men who are playing the game in a different way. They're not playing the David Falk way. They're not playing it the Lee Steinberg way. They're playing it the Rich Paul way uh, in the streets, and so they resented that. And but it was great to see the pressure from our community organize. And there was no dissension on this issue, and the NBA snapped back and got got some sense and uh, rescinded the rule immediately. And that's a great thing for for all sports world. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think you hit on a really good point. I mean, the ability for these guys to organize and respond. And I mean, last week we talked about this on the show between um, uh, LeBron, um, Chris Paul. Uh, uh, Kevin Hart, you know, you talk about what was 108 million people or something crazy number, you know, that they tapped just on Twitter, right? Like, it was a crazy number. And their ability to mobilize and get a message out is just such the equalizer uh, in a way that, that's fascinating. And, 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 and when the NCAA, all they had to do is do what they just did at the end. I mean, the, the, the NBA is already certifying people. So they already got a mechanism for doing that, and then they just add this unnecessary layer uh, on top of it, as if education is important. We, you know, when you got people like Zuckerberg, who I don't believe even, you know, he didn't complete his degree. He went on and, no, he and, didn't. and no, he dropped out and launched the company. And so, so many examples. Bill Gates uh, dropped out. Yeah. Bill Gates dropped out. You know, you have all these examples, and and you don't see him as a Bill Gates. You see him as somebody hustling in the street, rather than someone like. Zuckerberg or Bill Gates trying to build a multi-billion-dollar business. So that's I love your perspective uh, on that, and uh, you know we're gonna stay tuned and watch. But I, I love the way they were able, you know, to mobilize and and, and get the NCA like to 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 get away from the things they like to do sometimes over over regulate when all they need they came in with the sword and all they needed was the pen. All right, so you talked a little bit about Draymond when you were talking about it. Draymond came out and, you know, with all this talk about, you know, uh, basically folks saying that, you know, Gold State, at least in this year, is not going to really make any noise. You know, um, you know, basically you have to wait until Clay fully heals. Uh, and Draymond basically said, you know, what he relishes about this, this is like before they really came on, it's just, they were the underdog. Before, you know, they were these perennial favorites. And he, he relished going back to those roles and, and, and look into, you know, you know, really from that position, make some moves. Do you think that Golden State has the ability with, uh, with the acquisitions they made here in the off season and, 
you know, they, they'll get Clay back probably later in the year. He, you know, he won't be the Clay that we know. But do you think they have the ability to make a run? Most people predict them probably going out in the first round, maybe second round. Could you see them make it to the finals next year? Yeah, it depends on the defense. Uh, I'd say definitely Draymond is, is going to be hungry. Uh, KD's gone. Uh, Andre Iguodala's gone. And so he's going to be able to get, be able to be more of an impactful offensive and defensive player. And the fact that he took care of himself and lost that weight near the end of the season, he realizes in the new contract, too, uh, there was uh, inked by Rich Paul. Um, yeah, I think definitely GSW can make a run. It depends on how uh, Russell uh, uh, acclimates himself from the system or they trade Russell. I don't sleep on uh, Kevon Louie gave him a discount, and that was a great move yeah. for them, uh, as well as uh, Willie Colley-Stein there as well. It's really going to help the interior uh, because, you know, Boogie was gone uh, most of uh, last year, and sadly he'll be gone all this year yeah. uh, coming up. So, yeah, I think, that again, that GSW can make a run. Uh, the chemistry has to come together, but the one thing that, that uh, the crew is going to see, this, this is the original crew. You know, KD yeah. came along for the ride, and you know, it was a range marriage, basically. And it worked mm-hmm. out great. Two titles and three years. But now this is the original cast that came together. Draymond in the second round. Steph Curry. You know, guys do, but again, they were talking about his ankles, and he didn't go as high as he should go, considering his um, his production. And then also D'Angelo Russell has a chip on his shoulder. Um, dogged out at uh, L.A., embarrassed with the Nick Young situation, and went to... Uh, uh, Brooklyn and Bald, and then uh, came back to GSW. And I think that uh, they could really have a nice set, three-guard set with him, uh, Curry, and, and when Clay comes back with, with Draymond and with the Colley-Stein or, or Looney, and then on Ball. And so, yeah, don't count them out. Uh, obviously, my money's on the, on the Clippers right now, uh, coming out the West, but uh, experience counts. And so watch out for GSW and that great coaching staff. You listen to uh, one mic here. Uh, tonight we're, we're going to be, in a, you know, in probably about 10, 15 minutes, really getting into the football. It's a uh, football fever right now, but we're in an open mic, and we met with our man, you know, Kyle. We call him the Hammer Time Hampton. Uh, yeah, this is Hammer Time that we have it with him. Uh, we are, you know, going over some of the, some some uh, some things that have happened in the sports news. You know, crazy thing about it, I'm going to do a little follow-up on that one. And it's kind of tying the first two together. So Draymond signs the extension, which I think was a smart move by him, given where he's at in his career, given, you know, just to, like, secure. And then folks get on Rich Paul for, for having them sign for what people believe to be less money. I'm like, the cat can't win. You, you, people get mad because he's driving up the salary. They think he got collusion going on. And then when he makes a, jo- a, a deal that I think was the right deal, given Draymond, and especially if he wants to stay in Golden State. You know, if he didn't want to go to a season, he wants to stabilize. I thought it was a great extension, but I'm like, man, Rich Paul, like he's, he, he, he gets the deal that his guy wants. He closes it. And then people still come back criticizing Draymond for taking less money. When I think it's probably the right move. He's not a guy that looks like he wants to move. He wants to stay there with those original guys. And the other thing I think is really interesting about that is this is where you're going to see Steph as the mentor, right? Um, and, and, and kind of seeing, you know, um, what he can do with Russell. And I think that could be dangerous with Steph as a mentor for him because the one thing people never really said about Russell is that he couldn't play. I mean, he can play. They always worried about his maturity, you know, stay out at the airport, quit trying to smuggle stuff in, 
You, you, you this is not clean in style, you know. But if they, but if you can get with somebody like Steph and mentor and say focus on the court, this is a guy that can play and can put up big numbers. This is a guy that can get a hit forty on you in the night. And so he got firepower, and you get him with someone like Steph, who's who can get him to continue to play loose and Blitzman. That could be interesting because I think people might be underplaying. I think people are feeling like Gold State treat him as a pass through, but I think Gold State might see something that you know many of us saw. If you get this young man in the right situation, he's got skills. And so, and you're looking for people with that kind of firepower. So that, that, that's going to be interesting to kind of see where that, where that, where that goes uh, moving forward. But like you said, I think, you know, the Clippers, the Lakers, you know, are really the ones out West, you know, controlling the agenda. Even, even with Boogie going down, you know, you know, Boogie would be a nice piece for the Lakers to add a little more to it. But I think even with they, what they got, you know, I think they're going to, they're going to be a team that gonna, you're going to need to, to reckon with. Shoes, man. Money. It's got to be the shoes. Somebody <laughs> paid $200,000 for Zion's shoes. Not the shoe he blew out, but the shoe I saw him play in when I was at the Maui Invitational. Not against not against uh, 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 the Zag, Gonzaga, but against San Diego State University. I don't know what was so special about that shoe. He, he, he played against some good teams at that tournament. And Teddy has got a lot of uh, uh, respect for them, the folks out there. You know, that's Kawhi's uh, old squad, old stuff the ground. But if you don't get some shoes from the, the game he played out in, 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 in Maui, get the one he played when he's going ahead up against Rui. Don't get the game, the one he got where, I don't understand it, man. So $200,000 Hampton, would you pay $200,000 if you had it for, for some shoes like that to buy? Is that a vest? Yeah, our rich, yeah. I mean, the rich get richer. Uh, this perspective really de-wills is how much money you have. I was talking, like somebody broke it down about um, at a place I was at, it was a rotary dinner tonight, and they were talking about uh, Iger, the guy who's um, yeah. you know, the chairman of Disney. Made 33 mm-hmm. mil one year, got raised to 66 mil. So it depends on what, again, your means. Uh, average person would look at it, that's crazy, but Again, money is what you make of it. And so if it's, that's the value of Zion's shoes, and those shoes could probably be worth maybe a million or two million down the road, considering if he projects the way he does as far as uh, being an iconic uh, player that people think he will be, it's a great investment. But I can't hate on uh, someone with the money to uh, invest in what what they want to do. So, yeah. So it's another crazy hey, thing. You don't get the San Diego State shoe. I know you. If you go to the mall, you're gonna get the shoe he least playing against the Zag, or you gonna get the shoe he blew out. If you had the money, you're not gonna get the shoe against the first shoe he put. Get the shoe that he played against uh, uh, anybody. You gonna get the San Diego State shoe? Hey, it might have not been available, G Wells, but all I know is that that's the shoe. And, and maybe ten years down the road, if Zion's as great as people think he's gonna be, that shoe's gonna be worth a lot of money. So yeah, it's an investment. Wow. Okay, man. I didn't expect that. I thought you were gonna come south side on. He got to be crazy. But look, you must. You get. You get soft in your old age, bro. You you coming? No, out I think it's soft my old age. I mean, if if you had somebody who only had two hundred thousand in the bank and they, they yeah. paid for the shoes, then that's a fool. Then we would call him out on the south side of Chicago. But obviously, my understanding, this person got great memes, and so no, I'm not gonna hate. Uh, you know. Again, I'm not going like about LeBron. They, they say LeBron, you can't get LeBron to pay for anything. LeBron only have premium uh, Pandora. He got the commercials. He 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 learned from somebody. 
He, he, I, I, I would that'd be interesting. Well, I, I'm surprised. I'm, 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 I'm flabbergasted. But I'm, I'm easy. You, you are every time you come on the show, man. You expand my thinking. I put you on this one. So you know I'm happy, man. Back here in the Big Blue, Michigan. You know, Juwan Howard's up there, and he's out of the preseason. The way he builds community, he out there. The coaches they out there working out with the players. They making it happen. He's in the trenches with them, in the gym. Got video up there working out with the players. Hammer. What other coach would you give money, or you what did you want to do? See work out with his players to see if he get to a workout with his players. What other coach would you like to see work out with his players this preseason? I'd say Coach K. Uh, he's older. Yeah. Uh, he got young bucks yep. around. So, yeah, I want to see if he can keep up with them. So, um, that's top of this question uh, in, in prep. So, yeah, so definitely I think Coach K. Um, uh, definitely he's changed his model. Uh, he's gone with the one and done now. And so, especially he's getting near 70. Yeah, I want to see Coach K run with him. Obviously, Javon, uh, Jawan, excuse me, uh, phenomenal. He's back at um, with Blue and Back, but and he just he's just removed you know a few years from playing. But yeah, Coach K, you know, play his ball at West Point and and did well. But let's see Coach K run run up and down with these young bucks. Uh, these Brian here, the Jalen Johnsons coming to the world and and yeah, let's do that. So uh, Coach K is a coach that I'd be fascinated with because of his age, because of his new style, because you know the Duke brand. And so you saw that this year with R.J. Barrett and Zion and even Cam Reddish, just the the brand and these one and dones he brought in and how he was able to build a squad just like Coach uh, Calipari did back in the day. So yeah, that's what I uh, definitely coach guy. Yeah, I I, I I love to see. Uh, 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 I might see Cal man because Cal might fall out. I don't think Cal. Cal, no, I think Cal can run up and down. I think Coach K because. Coach K, man, you know, seven oh, years old, say, yeah, yeah. I, I just think it'd be really interesting, man. He'll be huffing and puffing, yeah. So, mm. <laughs> the players be laughing at him, but Juwan was out there working out, looking like, man. I'm like, you still can play a little bit, Jay. Go and do what you got to do. Juwan's in great shape, man. He, look, he looks great. I mean, for some yeah, he, some teams he, NBA, sadly, for the Bulls, he probably could sign up. He could probably uh, load up with us. <laughs> yeah, we're so, we're so trash, so yeah, so. Oh my goodness! We, yeah, we get to the NBA talk, man. We gonna we gonna have some words about them uh, Bulls who get you back on the show for us. Well, you was uh, one packs, here, man. terrible. That's right. Uh, you, I know. I know. Uh, you listen to one mic here on RSG platform again. Go to realsportsguys.com for all things RSG. Click on the podcast tab, and you can listen to our most recent podcast. And you go way back in the catalog. We got some good stuff, and we got some good ones when Hammer was on there when he was just out of control. So we got we got some good stuff. We got my man Kyle Hampton the Hammer on the show with us. My man Darnell Hank is uh, out of the out of the box. Uh, if you are listening, coming on to try to uh, catch up with in terms of our NFL preview segments we've been doing, we'll be back at that in, uh, next week. We'll be we'll be looking at the AFC North, my Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, and then we'll be looking at the AFC South next week. Uh, we're about to go into the cipher. You know, as we say, if you're first time listeners. You know, we, we do the open mic just to get warmed up. We want to do the hammer time with, with, with my guy, you know, coming back to kind of, you know, just get him going. You know, we want to get him a couple looks. We want to set a couple screens. We want to get him lathered up a little bit so that uh, he can he can get with us as we go into uh, to the cypher. Call, 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 call the cypher. Call, call the cypher. Call, call the, call, call the 
right, the cipher. The cipher that, uh, this week is called is going to be on football fever. You know, we're going to be talking. This football is coming up. People getting lapped up. You heard Darnell talking. You know, he's high school coach. You know, they got two a days going. You got college football going. People starting to get in there and and and, and get lapped up. You got you got hard knocks going. This is where football is trying to recapture all the attention. And so we want to spend a little time uh, looking at football, you know, uh, across the landscape of both college and pro football. And there's a number of things that have been coming up uh, with college football. So uh, there was an interesting thing that ESPN just did, and I want to really hit the fellas uh, with this. They they uh, they put out, they, they uh, listed their top 50 programs of all time over the 150-year history of college football. Um, and uh, it was just interesting to kind of look at the teams that they had listed uh, uh, on uh, on um, uh, on their on their list. Uh, they start out number one for them is uh, Alabama. Uh, so and then uh, and I, you know I think it's pretty obvious with Alabama, particularly with the in recent years uh, when I, uh, they they won five out of the last ten national championships. Number two is Notre Dame. Number three was Ohio State. Four Oklahoma, five USC, six Michigan, seven Yale, eight Nebraska, nine Texas, and then move down here, and then ten North Dakota State, fifteen national titles, and so they look. I mean, they're looking across all divisions. They even have, um, you know, a couple powerhouse Division three programs that I've had you know, recognized. So in some ways, it's it's it's, it's interesting because. You know, way back in the day, before some of these programs became Division Three programs, they're all in one division. Some of these programs decided to become Division Three programs. I'm, even the, the the institution I was at, Beloit, the powerhouse basketball team, they used to whoop up a lot of teams in the early '50s, um, and had some, you know, some some scandals that 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 pushed them in to Division Three uh, space. But you know, so a number of uh, programs, University of Chicago. Number so that you'll see some of that, but that was the top ten uh, here. Did you guys get a chance to look at the uh, at the list? Yes. Before we go out, we're all going to do our own top ten. You know, I can go from ten to one too. Well, they yeah, University, University of Wisconsin Whitewater at thirty-one. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, um, going out there, Whitewater, Mount Union. Uh, who was surprised for you in the top ten, or? Who or who was outside the top ten that you thought should have been in the top ten? Uh, definitely the U. The U is yeah. iconic. I mean, look at all the players yeah. who've created in in the NFL. So uh, I think that's crazy. But I think obviously they were hating on the, the scandal they've had. But the U is a U, man. I mean, it's called the U for a reason. So enough said. Transcending, transcending. Darnell, was it, was there a team that was out that you thought was lower than you, you anticipated? I'm going with that. You. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think we're probably pretty consistent about that. I, I got a feeling when we do our top tens, uh, they will be in in the top ten. Um, I what I do appreciate for the list is that they look at 150 years and they looked across multiple uh, divisions. And if you know about some of these, you know, when I saw Mount Union, I, I you know that's uh, that that's a great program. Wittenberg, you know, so you start looking at some of these small Division three programs that have been. Whitewater, some of these places have been dominant. It's it's interesting uh, that um, that they've uh, kind of look at it across that. So that that's something that I, I did appreciate about the list and kind of contextualizing things. And 
um, uh, in, in terms of, you know, what those programs have meant in, 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 in overall in terms of the college football landscape. So I did appreciate about the list. Well, let me, let me go uh, with, uh, why don't we go, Hammer, since you the guest, you, you back, you family, but you coming back in. Why don't we let you go with your top ten? Who do you have in your top ten? Number ten, uh, Florida State Seminoles. Uh, Bobby Bowden put them on the map, and uh, obviously now with Brother Taggart, they better get it together this year, or <laughs> he's going to be home. But uh, definitely did number ten. Uh, number nine, the U. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, Snellenberg, Bush Davis. I don't, you know, I don't say I don't care about the scandal. The scandal is what it is. I mean, it's 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 uh, sadly it's NCAA. Um, Number eight, uh, Texas, Longhorns, uh, Daryl Royal, Mac Brown, Great Tradition, Earl Campbell, um, Vince Young. Number seven, Nebraska, at the old wishbone, Coach Osborne, uh, people like Tommy Frazier, Turner Gill, people grew up on Rozier, Dave Remington, made Lyman uh, sexy as far as uh, players. Number six, Oklahoma, um, from, you know, Marcus Dupree to, you know, Barry Switzer and Bob Stoops. Number five, you don't hate on me for this, uh, but go blue, Michigan. Uh, definitely, um, you know, Bo made it a great era, and you know, Harbaugh, you know, he's on, he's on the clock right now, so he, he's on the clock. Number four, definitely USC. Uh, with with Ralston, Robinson, uh, P. Carroll, transcendent as far as uh, decades. Number three, again, despite the scandal, Ohio State uh, University, uh, Urban Meyer, uh, you know, Earl Bruce. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, uh, yeah, so that's uh, number um, uh, And then number two, Roll Tide. And number one would be very controversial, but. I mean, if you think about the most iconic program, it's only one program, and it's Notre Dame, no question. No question. I mean, they are college football. I don't care what anybody else says. Bama is getting there, but still Notre Dame is the brand in college football. And people care about Notre Dame every year. If they're raggedy, if they're not raggedy. If they're you know, in the BCS or they're in the toilet bowl. People care about Notre Dame, and so that's my uh, top ten. Not dissing any of the schools. Great to see the Mountain Unions, Whitewaters, Wisconsin, and Stanford. Both my alum, my uh, alumni, alumni are on the list, which is great. Um, say, but definitely those are my my top ten. All right, that's a good list. We'll we'll, we'll discuss some of those uh, as we uh, 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 once we get our, all of our on the table. All right, all right, Young, and who you have? All right, those are a little different. I got at ten. I have Florida State and nine. Wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, I only have. I'm sorry. At ten, I have Penn State. Sorry about that. Number nine, I have Florida State. And number eight, I have um, Oklahoma. And number seven, I have. Miami. And number six, I have Michigan. Number five, I have Texas. 
Number four, I have Ohio State. Three is Notre Dame. Two is Alabama. And number one is USC. Mm. And <laughs> I know it's kind of, uh, it might be kind of controversial. It's something, I don't, I don't say controversial, but it's going to be something that uh, a lot of people are not going to agree with. But you go through the history of, of college football, you go through the O.J. Simpson, the Marcus Allen, the, um, the Reggie Bush days. There's, uh, there's a lot of NFL players that came that have come through USC and a lot of good um, different eras uh, in, US, in, USC, in USC history. So USC is my number one team. Yeah, I believe USC uh, has like 500 NFL uh, players that have been picked by NFL. I think that's the most by any university. So, I mean, it's, you know, you can make an argument that USC is the, is the greatest program. And so I think both of you make a, some really in, uh, interesting uh, arguments. Uh, mine's going to be a little bit different, and I'm going to give a little bit of homage across 150 years, um, starting at number 10. I do think Yale is number 10, and, and sometimes people get um, caught up with, you know, just the, you know, the modern era versus going way back, but Yale was the, the most dominant program for, like, the first 50 years of college football. And in that recognition, um, you know, it's uh, – I think it, it puts itself into place in a way. I think um, Hammer talked about Notre Dame's because you can talk about Notre Dame's dominance across all those eras. I mean, Notre Dame being that iconic brand, and I think Yale was that uh, early on. Number nine, I had uh, Florida State. Uh, Florida State was uh, ranked in the, in the top um, uh, top four, I believe, in the AP poll for 14 straight years from 1987 to 2000. I mean. For most of our lives growing up watching football, Florida State was the team. You know, Florida State was a dominant presence. Uh, Bobby Bowden had a lot to do with it. Um, you know, and then Jimbo Fisher kind of continued a little bit. And as Hammer said, you know, they got to turn some things around, or there's going to be a uh, there's going to be a vacancy sign. There. But Florida State, when you talk about a brand um, and dominant brand, you know, they're a top ten program. Nebraska, you know, Nebraska is only. Uh, trailing Michigan, Ohio State, and Texas in terms of all-time victories uh, for FBS teams, and uh, you know they um, they uh, uh, were you know for a long time synonymous, and you know they with with college football, uh, particularly under um, uh, uh, under uh, Dr. Tom Osborne. Uh, when you think about, it, they had a, you know they had that system of guys being there for five years. I mean they were rolling um, uh, in, in a very dominant program, and then the U. You know, uh, and I would put the U even higher, but in some ways the U is kind of like to me they're, they're, the U is kind of like um, uh, the uh, you appreciate this hammer the Gale Sayers of college football teams, right? Okay, okay. <laughs> I was short but dominant. <laughs> okay. right? Great analogy, brother. Great analogy. You, you know, and, and it was so electric that you just can't. Ignore it, and for it not to be in the top ten, no matter what you say, you got to be crazy. Uh, and when people make films of you, when when you look at the number of Hall of Famers that keep coming through the door that they have, the number of um, uh, I think they hold the record for the most four first round selections in a single draft. 
you know, uh, the most consecutive drafts with at least a first round draft selection. You know, so when you have you talking about producing at a high level, um, you know, I think they get a bad rap, a bad rap. They're kind of like college football version of, of the Fab Five in a sense that they pushed against uh, kind of with the cultural norms in a way that made people uncomfortable. Uh, I had Michigan at six with the you know most all time wins, um, you know, 42 titles um, uh, since the beginning of the AP poll. Um, they got 11 national championships. Um, you know, they they've got to start putting it together here in recent in these in these years. And I think, you know, Harbaugh can put some things together. It's gonna be interesting where Michigan goes if he can he can realize the potential that we think he has as a coach. But, you know, they're sitting at six right now. Uh I have at five Oklahoma. Oklahoma had seven Heisman winners, uh, including two back to back uh in in these most recent Heisman uh winners. They have seven national championships, uh forty eight conference championships. They have 162 first team All Americans. Um, 82 of those are consensus. Uh, you know, they have been a dominant program. Uh, they had the longest winning streak of uh, in, in uh, Division One history of 47 straight games. They are the only program with uh, four coaches with 100 plus wins. So, you know, that right there talks about excellence uh, over a long period of time. Then for the or oh, that team down south, um, uh, the Buckeyes in Columbus. Uh, but I just got to recognize game. I got to recognize game. Um, you know, they um, have 10 undefeated seasons, uh, 10 perfect seasons. Um, they have eight national championships. Uh, the Buckeyes have been a steady program for a long period of time. You know, the, the 10-year war with Michigan, um, it's one of those brands when you think about college football, they immediately come up and they're, they're in the conversation. Uh, they won, what, the first uh, bowl championship uh, 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 as well. And then number three, uh, I have as USC. And I, I was debating, like, y'all, USC being higher. Um, you know, one of the things, I, you know, I said about Alabama's dominance and SB dominance, you can link their dominance to the fall of USC. If USC had – USC, I, call, I used to call them the SEC killer. If you looked at Pete Carroll and how he played against USC, he used to stump SEC teams. I mean, the two teams that people don't want to get – don't want to re, uh, uh, reclaim their space is Miami and USC because all they got to do is look out the window. Hey, get on that bike and ride over here to that field. We want to give you a scholarship. Like they have talent sitting outside their window. And when those two teams, they're humming there, they can be the most dominant programs in the country. And then I think, as you said, youngster, um, the marquee talent they've had that, you know, is synonymous not only with college football, but uh, with uh, professional football. You know, from, you know, OJ to Marcus Allen to, you know, you, you start to think about the number of players they've had. Bell, Ricky Bell. You start thinking about uh, Junior Seau. You, you start, you know, you just keep going down. Palomalu. Huh? Palomalu. You start going down with these marquee names where they're hot. They're hot. Uh, you know, Snoop, Dogg, Snoop Dogg's Crip Walking. Everything's good in L.A. when they're going. And then this team, I hate to put them here, just like Ohio State, because when you play football or grew up in the Midwest, all your coaches love Notre Dame. They, you just make you sick. Be in practice talking about them. Go him. And, and for most of the youngsters until recent years, in their lifetime, they haven't seen Notre Dame be relevant. But if you look at the, over the history of college football, as Hammer said, it's the brand. It's the brand. People want to talk about them. They want to argue about them. And in some ways, it 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 uh, it benefited because it was the only game people could watch when TV came on. That was the one they watched. 
You know, it was one of those teams that was on, that was visible. Uh, you, you got the, what, the Rockley speeches and all this stuff. So, you know, you got Notre Dame at two. Uh, and then and number one. And the Gipper. Yeah, and the Gipper. What you got right here, for me, the number one is Alabama. And the reason why I say Alabama is when you're ranking probably the top five coaches of all time, you might end up putting two Alabama coaches in the top five. You talk about Bear Bryant, and you talk about Nick Saban. They, in, in the modern era, if you think about it, over the past 10 years, they won half the championships. Let that sink in. Over the past, they can lay claim to 17 national championships across the, the, the different polls if they want to. You know, this is, this is, this is, they have 34 seasons with 10 wins or more. So, you know, this is a, this is a standard program. And I think it's pretty close. I think Hammer has some really good uh, reasons why Notre Dame could be up in front. But when you're just talking about the level of dominance in, in particularly in the recent years, I think that's what tips them over, uh, over the top for me. So um, just some observations. I was, you know, um, it's interesting the way, like USC and Notre Dame are interesting teams. Let's, let's unpack them a little bit. Darnell, talk a little bit about, because you had USC as your top team. Talk a little bit more about, like, why you would put USC over Alabama, given the history of Alabama and the recent years of Alabama uh, and, and well, Notre Dame. Well, to be honest with you, um, I was really thinking about putting Alabama as the number one team, but I had to, I had to look at myself and think, was I really – because I'm a young guy, so pretty much for most of the time I've been watching college football in the last 10 years, well, everybody, in the last 10 years, Alabama's been the – has been the most dominant team, and they've had a mm-hmm. run for that pretty much like any other that I've seen. But um, – I don't. I didn't really want to be that guy that's like a prisoner of the moment. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to. Uh, yeah. I didn't know if I was using recency bias, pretty much. But yeah. um, not now. I look at the list and they have 15 national championships. And I guess, <laughs> I guess, um, Alabama probably should be the number one team. But uh, that's pretty much. Um, that's pretty much why I picked on um, USC because um, with USC, I was. Thinking of um, the different eras, the different eras that they were dominant in, like the '70s, uh, when I was growing up. You know what I'm saying? They had like different, uh, different like time periods of being great. But um, and when I look at Alabama, I think of mostly just the, the current run, because I don't know too much about um, the Perry Bryant days and like the players that they had. But I know more about USC. And, and I think part of what makes Notre Dame and USC work, if you think historically. Bama was, um, I think part of what hurt Bama outside the South were just the, the issues around civil rights. And, like, and, you know, it, even when you talk about Bear Bryant and his, his, his late acceptance, he was after he took that whipping from USC, uh, that even um, recruiting black players. So I think they have a history that um, I think um, – makes it difficult for people to embrace them in the same way they embrace Notre Dame and USC. You, you see what I'm saying? And I think over time, it wasn't able to, they weren't able to have that kind of 
branding nationally because of that. The, the bias that many, if you talk to people in the South, you know, uh, other regions of the country had against Southern teams because of that history. So I think that's what hurts Alabama when people take a Notre Dame was the brand because Notre Dame, in some ways, didn't have to battle some of these social issues in the same way. Same thing with USC. USC was the West Coast and California seemed to be much more progressive, right? And so I think, you know, um, you know, even when you look at OJ's story and where he ended up and the things he was able to do, and then you look at Bear Bryant, it was like he was late to the park, right? He had to take a whoop that whooping, you know, to come to the park. So I think that part of that is what erodes, you know, if you get if you if you if you just don't go with the numbers, part of that is what I think makes it struggle for people, you know, when they look at Alabama historically. Uh, Amber, you had Notre Dame as number one, uh, and I think you made a pretty good case around that. But could you make a case for USC or could you make a case for Alabama? Are you pretty strong with that Notre Dame? You can make a case for Alabama because of the fact that, like you said, Bear Bryant, uh, iconic, as, as well as um, Nick Saban. But I just think that if you look at just a pure brand of, of uh, Notre Dame, just from the beginnings of, uh, of modern college football to now, uh, just the staying power of the brand is, is, is why I would say it's number one. If you look at mm-hmm. USC, too, yeah, definitely um, – in the 60s, 70s, um, great coaches from and great players. But again, you're talking if you're talking about the early parts of the game, New Rockney, just the icons of the game. Yeah. Uh, you have to say Notre Dame is is a top top team. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, we're gonna keep a list to look at this. Thanks, y'all, for going. Like this was an interesting list. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and take a look at some of the other teams. Uh, going on, I thought this would be a good thing uh, for us to, to to get into. We'll, we'll cover a couple more topics here uh, while we're talking about Bama. You know, Bama took a beat down last year. You know, against Clemson. There's no other way to say it. You know, it wasn't like they got finessed uh, and just you know, you know, out finessed, right? You know, there were times where uh, uh, early on when they played, uh, you know, when they played Deshaun Watson, Deshaun was just quicker. He was throwing downfield. It felt like Clemson beat them up last year. And so now you hear about Bama coming back, put a little bit more in the running game, trying to figure out how to, um, you know, not really protect Tua a little bit more. You know, they're perennial favorites, but do you think, do you think, uh, you think Bama's going to bounce back this year? Do you think they're going to get uh, tripped up a little bit? They, you know, they had a number, they had mass exodus of coaches. Uh, let me start with you, Darnell. Do you, you think that Bama, is if you have Bama in the field, are you going to take the field or are you going to take Bama? The field. Because you look at, if you look at um, Clemson, Clemson returning all their skill players. Like, um, and we know they lost the, um, the, the story defensive line with Christian Wilkins, Cleveland Farrell, Dexter Lawrence, and then they lost them to the NFL. But you look at that offense, you have Trevor Lawrence, looks like the, the second coming of Peyton Manning. And you also have, um, and all his weapons are coming back. You have Barry Rogers, Steve Higgins, Justin Ross. You have Travis Etienne. They're all coming back. So it's going to get ugly for the college, for college football this year. I see um, Clemson beating every team by at least by two or three touchdowns at least. So um, I believe Alabama will uh, run the table as far as the SEC goes. They might. They, probably, they might end up with, with like one loss or so just because 
just the way the intensity of SEC football. But they're going to get to the same spot, and then when they play Clemson, I'm going to have to go on Clemson again. But um, it doesn't mean that Alabama's not a good team, but I just got Clemson um, just, to, just to knock their head. But they will bounce back as a football team. It's just not a good question. All right. What do you think, Hammer, about Bama? They're going to bounce beginning? back, but the bottom line is that Tua doesn't perform in big games, except for his mm-hmm. first one. And so um, they got tape on him now. And also Tua makes bad decisions and he takes too many hits. So uh, I think that they'll get through SEC. But, yeah, Clemson um, is is stacked with Lawrence and uh, the running back and all the players coming back. I just think Clemson is has an easier road in the ACC. And so, yeah, I think Clemson's going to win it all again this year. And Tua's got to show that he can play the big-time competition. He was exposed last year. Um, you know, when they brought him off the bench and – I was in Cali seeing who's this guy. I heard about him, and he just tore up Georgia. I was like, okay, wow. But, you know, people see that tape now, and uh, people are, are not afraid of Tua. And Tua just, he's injury prone. And also, you know, they're talking about getting a commitment back to the running game. And, you know, again, they need to do that. But Tua's got to, uh, you know, play up to – his draft grade. I mean, McShay put him as number one. Uh, I think that's a suspect. I think the, Her- Herbert's number one. So, uh, two is a smaller guy, takes too many hits, runs too much, and has got to play better with football. Until I see him play against great competition, um, I think that Clemson's going to win. So. All right. Now, I'm, I'm going to get a couple of my, 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 my friends from Hawaii going to be Send me some hate mail in a minute, but hey, this is how we do it. Real, keep it real, y'all. I'm gonna take the hits right now. Uh, speaking of Dabble, is Dabble being petty by not getting Kelly Bryant uh, a championship ring? I'm gonna go to Hammer on this one. What do you think, Hammer? Should Dabble no. get a boy? No, he's not being petty. Uh, Kelly left the team, got busted in Missouri. I'll begin ball out and become a pro, but. You leave the team, you don't get a ring. I mean, this isn't like uh, baseball. You get shares or anything like that. You, what, you going to give him half a ring or, you know, a quarter of a ring? Come on. So, no, nah, he, uh, again, it's unfortunate that you know, Trevor Lawrence is a beast. He's, he's going to be the first pick in the 2021 draft, no question, uh, hands down. So, he lost the competition. He left. You're no longer a Tiger. Uh, you're a Missouri Tiger now. You're not a Clemson Tiger. So, uh, that's that's how it is. So no, Dabo is telling. It sets a bad precedent for people who are actually on the team uh, that you can leave the team even though you contributed. No, no one's saying he didn't contribute. But when push came to shove, where was Kelly in Columbia? He wasn't in Clemson. He wasn't in Greenville, South Carolina. No said. Any boy came out. This how this how he came out. <laughs> Took a bite out of cry. No. <laughs> All right, come on, man. You, let's see what the young in perspective is. Darnell, you coach. What's going on? To, man, to the boy. I don't know why he wants a ring. I mean, you left the team yes. voluntarily, so you 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 left the program, and you decided not to be a part of it. So I don't see why he should get a ring. Yeah. 
And you know, and you know, when there's that championship game, he was hoping that Alabama beat him. You know, you know, he wasn't going. He he never going to come out and say it. And so, yeah, <laughs> if, if you don't stay to the end and and, and be there, you know, uh, you can't get a ring. You know, you can't. You know, Jalen Hurst, if they would have won, he got he gets a ring, right? They gonna get him a ring because he was there. Yeah. But I, I I don't even I didn't even know what the whole discussion was about when people I'm like, why are y'all talking about this cat getting a ring? Now Dabo could have been a little bit different about how he said it, but you know, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you on that. College football lining up, guys. Early matchups. Um let's talk about early matchups we're excited about. Let me go, let me go. I've been letting y'all go. Let me go. The matchup I'm looking at, this is gonna feel like the nineteen nineties. Back and this is why I think Clemson better be careful. I had a chance to hear uh, uh, Manny Diaz talk. I love Manny Diaz, and I like this matchup, Florida against Miami, early on, because really for Miami, and, and it's going to be interesting because Dan Mullen was coaching at Michigan, uh, Mississippi State. Manny Diaz was his defensive coordinator, I believe there. But Manny Diaz, you know, who committed to Temple, uh, uh, Rick retires. As he's interviewing an offensive coordinator in Miami, he finds out by noon. Next thing you know, he's getting tapped for the Miami job like whirlwind. But he's there in Miami. This is the coach for the Hurricanes. And and y'all know that if you can organize and get that talent to play, they're dangerous. Uh, And I think their biggest issue is above the neck. I don't think it's talent. I think it's about them belief. And and Manny Diaz, I think this guy is – I think he's the next Saban-like person. You heard it here. They I totally of, disagree with you, man. I mean, Manny Diaz was on the defense last year. They were raggedy. I mean, the Badgers tore him up. So, all of a sudden, Manny Diaz I, I, became his genius? Come on, man. Uh, I, okay. Okay. Come on, I'm, man. I'm, Come on, Some people man. are better than the head coach piece. Manny was a great defensive coordinator. He was a great. They had a whole bunch of other problems that they found. And Badgers tore them up, man. Badgers ran them like, I mean, they made Part Jack Cohen look like. As Look you, like as, uh, Drew Brees. Come on, man. As you, I, I, Come okay. On, man. I, I, I'm putting. I'm putting. I'm telling you right now. I said it right now. Mark. Mark the tape. Mark the tape. Hammer. Yeah, mark eat the, the tape. tape. He's gonna be eating the tape. It's, 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 I, you know, I, I, mark, mark the tape. Overrated, man. I mean, this mark, was Mark, mark Rick's dude on defense. I was mark stunned by that tape. hiring decision. Bring somebody from the outside with the Miami brand. Don't bring your no, you need somebody who defensive coordinator that had a bad Rick, year Rick, last year Rick struggled, who Rick left struggled with Temple control in that locker room and then come back. It ain't come happening. On, man. Rick struggled with control in that locker room. But Dan Mullen's going to beat them like they stole something. Uh, going to beat them like Dan Mullen's the best coach in college. Going to beat them like they stole something. You can rock that right here. Put that on the table. Beat them like they stole something. Oh, okay. They're clowning Gainesville. No. This is gonna be this is gonna be, nah, nah. Hey, gonna be in Orlando. This, 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 he looks this, the part. This is my but, game. Who you who you got? Who you got? <laughs> who you got early on? Now you don't make me jump on Wisconsin. but get their act together. I got my I got my. I agree. If they I got play my, for I got Miami Burns, it'll be good. Breaking through. I got Miami breaking through. Wow. So I'm 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 on that one. And I'm gonna tell you right now. We'll, I'm gonna bring you back. I'm not going to wait to the end of the season. I'm going to bring you back probably by week 10. I look forward right. to it. Look forward you, to eating crow, bro. You're you going to be like, D-Rose. Eating turkey, eating crow. You're going to be like, I'm sorry. You're going to be singing a tune like 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 uh-huh. like uh, 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 Anita Beck. You're going to be like, I apologize. I better just get that keyed up. 
Now, I'm going to give you the best I got. I'm giving you the best I got right now. That's what my need baby. <laughs> <laughs> man, this is crazy, man. Nah. man. I'll tell you both. You, you, you on fire right now. So, who, who, which, which, game, which game are you excited to see early on? Oh, Bam LSU, I'd say definitely. That's 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 uh, that's a game I'm looking forward to. Um, Ora John's bringing back um, a lot of a lot of a lot of pieces, but again, I'm not pressing him as a head coach. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, he's talking like he so got I, like. Well, he's not. I mean, look mouth. at him in, in Mississippi. They ran out Mississippi. Wasn't that great at uh, SC, man? It's called like it is. Oh, Coach O is a great recruiter. The, the the fans, I mean, the fans love his his the players love him, but yeah, man, he, Saban gonna whoop him, whoop him, and then with Sarkeesian as OC, they gonna bring it. So that, that's that's my early game, well, uh, Bama. Well, you said Alabama LSU. Yeah. They play in November. I thought we said early. Okay, my bad. Early. My bad. Early. I, early. I, early. Early. I got him. We can, we can look it. I got him. Okay, my bad. Play early season. I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna pull it up. I'm like, they play in November. You got okay, frostbite. Okay, my bad. I, I early didn't see that. I thought my bad. You got frostbite like AB. I got him rattled. I got him. Hello. Hello. He dropped. I think he dropped out. I don't. No, know. I'm here. I'm here. Oh, okay. Oh, no, D-Wells dropped out again. Man, he dropped out like a Boogie Cousins ATL. <laughs> <laughs> oh, He'll come man. back soon. Yeah, but, shoot, my, um, well, my early on game, it, it was going to be, well, I, I'm just going to go ahead and go with that um Miami versus Florida game because I'll, I'm a little biased because I got a former teammate that play on Miami. So okay. I see all the little talk that's going on on Twitter. So all the, the Florida Gators fans and all the Miami fans going at each other. And I can't wait for that game to happen, man. I might I might have to um, be in attendance in Orlando that night. But looking It's going to be a show, game, brother. It's going to be a show, but I still just think I just don't trust Man Diaz, man. I, I just – I like Mullen – I like the way he brought it from from Starkville and his, and his year in um in Gainesville, and so I just you know again, yeah, I could be proven wrong. It's it's going to be a great iconic battle as far as the brands go with the Gator brand and and the U brand, but Manny Diaz can't hold a candle to uh, Mullen as far as coaching goes, and you know talent's great, but coaching will will uh it, you know will transcend talent. My trepidation. My trepidation with uh, Miami is this quarterback situation. Um, I heard the freshman is really good, but um, the way he, the way uh, the coach is talking about it, seems like he's keeping, he's leaving the door open for somebody else to take spot later on in the year. If you have, two yeah, probably Martell. Like, I mean, I mean, Perry's not going to play. Uh, he's terrible, but his kid's raw. <laughs> but that, that oh, go ahead, go ahead, bro. No, you no, you you're going. I was just I was laughing. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, I mean, the kids raw. The kids raw. They, they beat out. Um, things Jack something. But I think the bottom line is that uh, Martell is is there. He's not. He's not going to leave again. He's not going to transfer again. But um, yeah, they, they, you know, Martell was a high uh, recruit man. So, but he's not bringing it. And also, it, it could be size too. I mean, he's five eleven. Um, 
the game seems to not come to him, and he's got a lot of swagger. Maybe he's been humbled, but uh, I don't see it right now, bro. So. Definitely. Yeah, this is um, – hey, Martel can't leave the game. <laughs> he uh, he committed to – I think he te- he committed to, like, Texas A&M or something like that. He committed and went, went to Ohio State. Yep. They got a transfer, so he saw him, and he he was on he was on Twitter talking about um, – don't don't swing and miss. Yeah, yeah, and he's swing and miss. You know, for for right now, because he might come yeah. back and, and and win it, but I just don't see it. You know, I, I think that he ended up. Yeah, he ended up being the person that swung and missed. He went to Miami and got beat up by a freshman. Yeah, but I think it would be a it would be a mistake for him to leave because um, you look at um players like Mitchell Trubisky and uh, Kyler Murray. They um they and Dwayne Haskins like um they sat for a while and then they um they played for like a season or so and they still were able to get drafted and have their stay in the NFL so he he might they were humble though he bro might he's got to sit down a little bit oh. and work he's got to humble yeah he got to just yeah he just got to sit down and get to work yeah I, I agree with you. Let's move on. Uh, we were talking about uh, Rock Nation's uh, new partnership with the NFL. Uh, tell me about that. What do you think about that? So, real controversial as far as, um, you know, Cap's not in the league, haven't been in the league for uh, two, three years now, and, you know, Hove, you know, signs to deal with the devil, people will say. So, tell me about what you think about the Rock Nation's uh, new partnership with the NFL. Well, I don't, I don't know what his role is with the NFL, to be honest. Like he's partnering with the NFL. Like, what is he doing with the NFL? He's doing programming, my understanding. Doing programming, uh, social justice programming, things like that. That's part of the deal. Um, as far as more programming, uh, closely fluent programming for uh, the league to address uh, the cultural divide that happened with Cap and and Eric Reed and other people who were protesting against you know, systematic oppression in this country and, you know, cause a lot of problems as far as with uh, many viewers, white viewers of football and uh, the predominantly black league that um, has players who, you know, like you and I, afraid to reach for uh, our wallet that we've to pull over by the police. So that's what they're talking about. So, um, you know, people think that Hove sold out, and you know, Eric Reed called him out on Twitter or or, uh, or Instagram, and so, you know, uh, Hove broke it down and said basically that, hey, uh, you have to turn uh, protest to action. And I respect that. So, right. and you can't just protest. Protest has to turn to action. Protest is is a pretext uh, for for action, but. Just protesting and protesting and protesting with no result makes no sense. So I agree a whole on that. Yeah, I, I agree with um, Jay-Z on this one because this is an issue that seems to be very close to his heart. I've seen um, in, like, late, especially later on in the 444 album and even his freestyle and his live shows, he um, has brought stuff like this to, to the forefront. So um, I agree with his judgment on this because um, – like you said, we can protest and protest and protest, but at some point, we got to put things into action. And um, Colin Kaepernick, um, 
lot of people don't talk about it, but he 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 is the guy that um he does take action. Like he has um the know your rights camp and stuff like that. So um, but I'm I'm happy to see um Jay Z working with the NFL and hopefully something good can come out of it. So um, I'm with I'm with Jay Z on this one. I don't think he sold out. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 Good transition I, I to uh, we talking about uh, Jay Z and uh, Hard Knock Life and Hard Knocks. So, uh, tell me if you looked at Hard Knocks. Uh, what's your early reaction to the Hard Knocks and the Raiders being there? Uh, a B in his feet, his helmet. Now he's not uh, paying chefs, <laughs> Gruden. So, tell me about uh, <laughs> what's uh, what you think about Hard Knocks so far. Uh, I, I saw the first episode. I didn't see the second one yet. But um, from what I see, I like it. I like what I see so far. And um, who would have who would have thought that um, Vontaze Perfect would be somewhat of like a leader on the field? Like I saw, I saw a video of him mic'd up when he was telling everybody where to go. And he was kind of being that big brother, big leader um, role going. And um, I saw the. The part with the guy from Last Chance You. Yeah, it's just sad to see that, but um, um, but overall, Hard Knocks. I think they picked the perfect team to be on Hard Knocks. The John Gruden, Antonio Brown, Vontez Burfitt. You got a good uh, rising star in the show with uh, the rookie out of Mississippi State. I think his name's Abrams. Yeah, he's he's really good on the show. But um, with Antonio Brown. As far as Antonio Brown is going, and with this helmet thing, <laughs> I don't know how how much more I can defend of him because when with the whole Antonio Brown and um, Ben Roethlisberger situation, I was on Ben, I was on AB side because you've seen through uh, multiple former teammates on the Steelers, they all say. Ben Roethlisberger, his leadership is questionable, you know what I'm saying? And um, he went on um, the radio show to say um, AB should have ran a better route, but he got banged down mm-hmm. by a defensive lineman. You know, short, um, things like that made me think, okay, maybe um, Antonio Brown is just misunderstood. But this stuff, man, <laughs> I can't defend him too much longer. But, um He's yeah, he's he's, mel- he's a full blown meltdown. Yeah. I mean, he was a humble guy, yeah, a six round pick, guy Central Michigan. Uh, you know, ran kicks, punts back his first special teams his first year, yeah. then turned to one of the best receivers in football. And now he's acting like a fool, as Stephen A. said, and it's just it's embarrassing from from cryotherapy. You know, you you cover your feet up, um, <laughs> and with the helmet, you know, helmets change. It's something you have to deal with um NFL and so Gruden, I mean, he looks I know like he you know, again, he went for a third of five for a reason, uh, with that type of talent because he's just a headache. And and Gruden, like I said, uh is it, made for T V. Gruden's a perfect guy. You Vontas perfect, yeah, showing his leadership. You got a lot of cats, you know, Mike Glennon showing how raggedy he is. But um <laughs> but uh, the bottom line is that yeah, I think that uh, it's, it's great TV, but the Raiders are going to be, you know, joked this year. And also, you know, David Carr is really angry right now because, you know, his career is on the line. And you got A.B. 
you got you know you got um, Terrell Williams is number two. Um, yeah, there's. I mean, again, I think this, the Raiders will be drafting a quarterback uh, next draft, and maybe two or so. You know. Yeah. Well, I, I'm gonna say this. Look, I'm gonna jump on in. Sorry, I'm back. But Hammer, you said so much blasphemy. You broke my computer, man. So I'm back in business. My computer couldn't hold up to that stuff you were saying before. It did. My computer went overload. But I hear y'all talking about uh, 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 hard knocks. AB showing his colors. The stuff like it is. And uh, you know, it's when you're in search of something and you don't really know who you are. AB searching for his identity. He, he is lost focus. He is trying to capture what he thinks Odell Beckham has. He is trying to push beyond the whole brand piece. When all he has to do is play, he's already he's putting up historic numbers. That if AB was just playing, he is he's already put numbers that puts him uh, in the top two or three um, uh, receivers of all time. When you look at his numbers in his first uh, set of seasons. And he's going to get the T.O. treatment where he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer and he's going to end up waiting because of these antics for nothing. You got your money. Why are we still talking about him and he's got his money? 30 million guaranteed, man. It's a disgrace, man. You know, and so it's so, you know, meanwhile on the East Coast, Mike Tom and the crew are proceeding for and getting ready for the season. You know, and it's it is it is it and now Gruden's gonna have to deal with it. And and you you're not gonna have any choir boys if you're gonna win. You're gonna have some you got to get this argument, but you're not always not gonna have choir boys, but man, don't make it self inflicted. And you're right, Bursick looks like the choir boy in it. He's the one like the one that's trying to <laughs> get his act together and everybody else is crazy around him. This is almost like this is back to some old days of the Raiders. Maybe they try to go back to some old days of the Raiders. But uh, I, it, it, it is made for TV. You're right. This is the best hard knock uh, they could have put together. I'm, I'm glued to it. It's like I'm waiting for the wheels to come up. I'm waiting for Chucky to lose his mind, which is coming. He gave you a little glimpse. He has all he has all the way erupted, but I got a sense that's coming, where he's just going to lose his mind, and I can't wait for that. I did want to chime in on the Jay-Z thing real quick. I know you guys went ahead on that one. Uh, thank God for keeping the ball moving. Uh, this is real sports, guys. One mic, you got my man Hammer, Darnell. They're they keeping it moving, man, and I'm, I, I've been in and out on it. But um, I love what you were saying, Hammer. And one of the things I think um, that people forget, you know, all I heard was people have to say is social justice, social justice. And the thing that just drives me crazy is, is social justice early on also included economic justice. Preach. And when you when, and when you talk when you the lens that Jay Z works through is the economic justice lens. And when I was I was doing a group text with uh, some people on fantasy that I'm with, we're having discussions. And you know the whole line when you look at the entire line where he said you know uh, he he did it for what they did to the coal crush tells you where his mind is going around. How he set his his his. So if you if you understand that, you understand why he's making these deals and the leverage in terms of moving to action. And if we are not developing plans around economic justice, then we are missing the boat. Even when you look at the issues around law enforcement, most of the police and fire commissions, most of the people 
most of the people who sit on those commissions are business people. You're talking about influencing. Most of those are business people. Hampton will tell you, Hampton's been involved in public service for a long time. Business people have influence in so many parts of these communities. But we're not, but, but people of color don't populate those areas. They're not part of those conversations. They're not in those rooms. And so when I hear people pushing back on all this stuff, and what I said uh, to the folks online is, okay, uh, Reed, if you're going to come out like this, y'all can just not play the first and second week. 70% of y'all is black. Don't, don't, don't take the check if we're about social justice. Mm-hmm. All y'all can walk out. Preach. Preach. And they would Preach. be done. They can't replace you. If, if it's about social justice, it's, miss two, two game checks. Miss three game checks for your boy Cap. Nah, no people, nobody's doing that. So don't, don't, don't start getting on, 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 on Jay when Jay is trying to do something that can disrupt you you got to work on the inside out. You have a multi pronged approach, and we we make this stuff too simplistic. And and people talk about social justice without economic justice, you're missing the other half of the equation. Even Dr. King understood that. If you look at the levers they used, the bus strike was about economic stuff. You put the mm-hmm. pressure on them. You 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 look you understand that element of it, and and folks have just missed all those lessons. And and so I'm 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 slapping the stuff off the glass like Matumbo. We'll move on to our next one. <laughs> now that I've kept it up with y'all, y'all y'all have got the show popping on me. I, I'm sorry I had to go. I, I went I, I went into purgatory and it was uh, out there. Tamara said something before I knew it. My computer just broke down. You must have dropped the mic on me or something. You just hit me with the overhand. <laughs> I probably got hit by the Wilder punch and my computer just went straight out the out the gate uh, on it. I want to um, hit you guys up. Y'all, I don't know if y'all had a chance to even cover this, but I think y'all might have been working towards it. No, that's uh, luck, yeah. About luck. About luck. We call it no. bad luck. Now, no, it's not bad luck. Not bad luck, no. no <laughs> that's not bad. Break it down, no. Ryan Grigson put my man behind. Everyone knows I'm a Stanford alum. Put my man behind a bad offensive line. He got hurt. And, and so there's nothing going on Andrew Luck but the fact that he's been injured. Uh, he was comeback player of the year last year. They're being cautious, unlike Ryan Grigson, and they're going to preserve him. Maybe Brissett has to play game one, game two, but I think that Luck will come back, you know, will play 14 or so and be and be good. He's not he's not a bust. I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league and by an excellent offensive line, and he's not snake-bitten, like some people say. Uh, again, he sacrifices by early in his career. Because of lack of talent around him, you turn that team around. But now, uh, you know, Andrew Luck's got more talent around him, and, and he's got to act accordingly. And so, you know, he got hurt. So, the football, you're going to get hurt. So, plain and simple. But, but you got to say, I mean, Andrew Luck had a, a lack of talent, but he also made, in the early part of his career, he's making a lot of poor decisions, throwing a lot of interceptions. Like some play, a lot of players. If you're behind that down. line, you'd be making poor decisions too because they're about yeah, to but blast. We're give everybody else that excuse. That, that line was raggedy. We ain't giving James Winston that, that line excuse. was raggedy. He was running on, for his man. life. He so ain't we, Lamar we, so Jackson. We Andrew Luck a he ain't Lamar line. Jackson. He's he not Randall Cunningham. He's Andrew Luck. We, so we give Andrew Luck the raggedy line excuse, but we don't give everybody else that. that, that we give that. We reserve that for Andrew Luck. Like, nobody else gets the raggedy line? No, I, I'm giving a reason why he made some poor decisions and had some picks. Yeah, some of that stuff was just bad throws. Like, he was uh, just making again, some bad brother, throws. 
if you're behind, if, if you're worried about it, it's like the David Carr syndrome. When David Carr came to the league, he was doomed for the start because he would just imagine stuff on his back every play because he got sacked, what, 80 times or something. So Andrew Little's getting sacked massively. You know, again, uh, Luck is one of the best quarterbacks in football, no question, when he's healthy. But right now, he's not healthy. He's got this high ankle sprain or whatever it is. They said calf. I mean, now I'm worried because they've gone from calf to high ankle sprain. You know, what is it? And the NFL needs to break it down because this isn't hockey. We're supposed to know what the injury is. It's not supposed to be lower leg or upper body like hockey. And so, yeah, I think that Luck, again, He'll be back, and they're being cautious. And Chris Ballard's a much better steward of his players than Ryan Gixson. That's why Ryan Gixson's at home watching the game with you and I. So, but but Luck hurt himself. He hurt his shoulder snowboard. Like you know, if that would have been like somebody else, they'd have like, okay, he's not being responsible. He hurt his shoulder snowboard. I mean, I think I, I think I, I'm right. Andrew Luck is great. Can't play. both ways. They say play with pain. He, he shouldn't have played with pain. He plays, they say play with pain. Uh, you look at Jay Cutler. Uh, he got dogged out on national TV and play with pain. So, no, you can't have it both ways, man. They say play with pain. Then he's out for a year and a half. So, again, like I said, not to be repetitive, Chris Ballard knows his stuff. Shut him down. You got Joe Kobe Brissett who can ball. He Andrew Luck, but he's a good player. He's, he's going to be a starter on an NFL team next year probably when his rookie contract runs out, because the guy can ball. And so, you know, again, Luck's not snake bitten. Luck is hurt right now. So. Right, so I think like part of the reason why he's been hurt that's is because, awesome. like yeah, we're the offensive right line to start off with, yeah. That sounds like some sample cooking right there, but I, I, I'll give you that one. What, what do you think, Darnell? Darnell went to a witness protection program. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah. I was on mute. I don't think he's a. I don't think he's. A, I don't think he's a bust. I think he's just an injury-prone quarterback, and that'll happen to you when you play behind a uh, bad offensive line like he did in the first half of his career. But right now, he has a great offensive line with Quentin Nelson and um, the guy they put around him. So I, I would look forward to him being um, more healthy. I think uh, when he comes back, he he's not going to have the problems that he used to have. But um, yeah, I think I think you. But what you said about um the injury situation um, it does concern me because you said you, they don't know if it's a high ankle sprain or a calf. Well, they're they're, they're so, playing they're playing us for fools. They know what it is. They're just not going to tell us. I mean, this is the NFL, which is not for long. So if yeah. you if you mess up certain stuff, so they they know what it is. But they've gone from the, the calf to it's kind of like KD. They went from. You know, it was the calf, and then it was a, really probably was Achilles. So they're going to tell you what yeah. it is. It's probably a high ankle sprain issue because right. that takes longer to heal than a calf. So, right, because you said high ankle sprain in a calf. I was thinking Achilles because they all in that same region. I was like, yeah. I hope it's it that could be. It could be Achilles. Uh, it could be Achilles strain. I mean, uh, eventually the NFL is going to have to know what it is, or they're going to get fined yeah. massively. But I mean, it's not hockey, like I said, again, where they do lower leg. It's ridiculous. Lower leg and upper body. I mean, that's why hockey, nobody watches hockey. It's a joke. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on. Jerry. You know, Jerry's trying to just discipline. He's on that Atkins diet. He's trying to be disciplined with that money. 
He's trying to keep that beef in the right place. Uh, he's trying to resist paying that money out to, to his three that uh, he's looking at to, uh, you know, to negotiate their salary. You know, they're all in different positions. Um, uh, Darnell, as you've been looking at the Cowboy situation, what would you do if you were Jerry Jones? If I was Jerry Jones, I would pay Ezekiel uh, Elliott. If Ezekiel Elliott is the best player on the team, I know um, he's holding out, and quite frankly, um, the Cowboys did a team that in the past has been a team that um, they usually play their stars. So him holding out is kind of like a – I wouldn't say a slap in the face, but more like a – yeah, so it's, it's a little like a, like a, a head-scratcher to me. But um, I understand that he needs to get his money because – if, if all three of those get the, if all three of him, Amari, and Beck, and they all get paid what they want to get paid, then one of those guys is going to end up being left out just because the way the salary cap is. But um, my first order of business would be finding Zeke and then Dak and then Amari later on. But um, the biggest problem with that is um, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott said he wants $40 million a year, and I don't know. If I can, I don't know if I can pay that forty million for. Um, he denies that. that so but I, I, yeah, I gotta that, get yeah. him. I gotta get. I gotta get him in the room and talk to him because if it's gonna be like that, <laughs> we might have to be looking somewhere else. But um, my first order of business is getting Zeke. All right, Hammer. Where, where, where would you go? Uh, I'd uh, let Zach play out his contract. Let him go. I'm not impressed with Zach. With Zach, um, he didn't ball until Amari Cooper came to the club. That 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 shows me that he's not as great of a quarterback as he is. He's, he's a good quarterback. He's not worth thirty million. He's not worth Carson Wentz money. Carson Wentz is, a, is a, again injury prone, but a transcendent NFL player that can do almost anything on the football field. Dak is a solid player, maybe twenty million dollars a year. So uh, if he's talking thirty, forget about it. Uh, he's twenty. At best, uh, maybe fifty million guaranteed. I'm a shock you with the second one with Zeke. Now, I'm gonna throw you some. That, that, uh, I would trade Zeke right now. And you know, what I trade him for Melvin Gordon. And I signed Melvin <laughs> Gordon to a deal. Oh, I signed him. I would not give Zeke oh. Elliott has done ridiculous stuff since he's been in the NFL, from the problems he's had at Ohio State to what he. Uh, groped that woman in the parade uh, out in, what was it, I think New Orleans, whatever it was, to incident where he got in a fight in, in Las Vegas. You don't invest money that's going to be flushed down the toilet. And Again, Zeke's a great player, but there's no way I would give him the money. That, that's foolhardy. Jerry Jones not become a billionaire by making poor decisions and giving away his money. You know, And then you got somebody like Zeke, who's advising his brother? You got they. You know they got you on. You're not Le'Veon Bell, where you can be a free agent after this. They got you for two more years. They got you for your rookie yeah. deal, and they got you for a franchise and another franchise. Really got you for for three years. And so whoever's talking to Zeke is probably himself because he doesn't like a damn fool since he's been in the league. And then and, and so you know Melvin Gordon would be great in that offense. He's a versatile player. And he deserves his money, and and Tenny, and um, LA's not gonna pay it. They, they like Austin Eckler, they like Justin Jackson, 
they're they're, they're gonna move on. So trade Zeke to L.A. and let him clown L.A. But uh, and then the final thing with Amari, franchise Amari, and let him play out his contract too. And so you guys think Dak takes less money? Uh, Melvin Gordon, decent contract that that can pay. And then Amari franchise, salary cap uh, problem saved. You have to pay Jalen Smith. You have to pay Byron Jones. There are a lot of other people you got to pay, but Zeke is not where you, you do not want to gobble up your cap with Zeke. No. Not for the poor decisions he's made. I mean, he had to show up in Roger Goodell's office again. He's been in Roger Goodell's office too damn many times. And I, I would say, if people start the argument with, I don't think Wentz is worth Wentz money. And I think, again, people make decisions about Wentz in ways that I look at it and I'm saying, Look, you didn't finish. Availability. Uh, your, your backup took it to the Super Bowl. Um, I still need to see more. You yourself admitted you got problems leading in the locker room and, and issues with being leadership. People didn't put players were pushing back on you. A lot of stuff you got to do. So I was give Wentz Wentz money, but they tried. They jumped out front. They pulled a uh, they pulled a, a Draymond Green on him. They, they got in. They tried to beat the the, the gold rush for quarterbacks and. That's how he got paid. So if I was silly, I wouldn't give him the money, but they had to when they uh, uh, when they just decided they to let go, yeah. to So so I, I don't think Wentz got should have got Wentz money, but I love your I love your plan hammer in the sense that yeah, I agree with you, man. I, I can't Zeke is the guy. I think Zeke can take him to Super Bowl, but I can't trust you because I don't know what you're gonna do in the club. Preach, can't hey, trust it. Can't trust week, it. Can't trust we go, it. When we get the Super Bowl week, you might be the cat again that we end up. We got either with your boy Eugene. You might we end up, you know, Super Bowl weekend. You out of the club, something not happen. I don't why know is he in Cabo St. Lucas right now? That's not a place to be. Yeah. <laughs> He's in Cabo. He ought to be in Columbus. I mean, with Bobby Carpenter or something. He's in Cabo? Now, now I read that today that he's down to 220, but he's not in football shape. I mean, he might be, you know, in, 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 in human shape, but you're talking about football that you played. I can't yeah. imagine that level. I've just heard that level is just crazy how they come. Yeah. I mean, maybe every every given Sunday showed showed us how it looks like, but yeah. and you know, seeing games. But man, no. I mean, please, Zeke, trade him to to L.A. L.A. would take him, and he would play there. So, because they would I'll look at him too and be like, "Hey, we got you for I'll three more that. years, bro. What you gonna do? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, Nothing. Melvin Gordon's an injury prone player too." Man, I, at least, at least, at least he's trustworthy, man. He's a good young man. I mean, I, I'm gonna be obviously people think I'm biased. He's a badger, but he's a good young man. I would invest in Melvin <laughs> Gordon, even though he's been he, he only played 12 games last year. I would not invest in somebody who's gonna get in the fight in the club. Who's even in the club? Why is he in the club? You can buy you a club. <laughs> you can buy you a club at home. You can bring your I mean, you're making millions of dollars. Uh, I hope he's not buying buying tigers like Mike Tyson or something like that, or messed up his money. Everybody, everybody in the league in the club. Tom Brady probably in the club. No, nah, Tom Brady. He got $40 million house. Tom Brady got a club in his house. Please, that's he got sense. <laughs> you need, like I said, why are these guys out here with these? 
you can't be out if you worth millions, you can't be out with people who worth dollars. <laughs> it's, it's that simple. I mean, it, it might sound elitist or whatever, but you can't be out with people who have more to lose than you do. And Zeke has put himself in situations where these people are worth dollars. He's worth millions of dollars, and he's compromised his money and his freedom. Forget his money, the freedom. He's looking at a criminal case. <laughs> Fighting security guards. I mean, he mess around and get shot. No, you can't invest in that, man. <laughs> Now, he thinks he's, he thinks he's still in Columbus. He's a man of BMOC. Man, you're in the NFL, bro. Not for long. If I were GM, like I said, if I were Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones, he'd be shipped out of there. I'd be like, deuces. And this is what I'm going to say, y'all. We had some other times, but we're going to end on that one. Because Hammer has laid it out. You left nothing else on the table, brother. This is why we, I'm glad you were able to come on and fill in for Hank. You know, I'm going to have to get you back on here again next week again. We're going to get, we get you another. I'm going to just do one with you next week because you are on fire. we got more to talk about with you. But uh, we want you to drop the mic for the show and, and, and send us out uh, uh, and drop the mic. And we want to thank you again for being with us tonight. Uh, uh, one mic here on Real Sports Guys, platform, go to realsportsguys.com. Check all of our stuff out. Get the podcast tab. Check out latest stuff out, including this one. Uh, but we're gonna let my boy, my boy Hammer, uh, take a uh, take a minute here to drop the mic to say some final words. Yeah, thank you very much, D. Wills. Um, again, I appreciate the opportunity to come here and speak on sports and show what I would call black male positivity. There've been too many. There've been too many negative uh, viewpoints of black males in the media, sports. And all it's great to to uh, engage with two great brothers who are thoughtful, who are insightful, who are analytical, who understand the nuances of sports. And that's what we need to do: approach life, brothers and sisters, and and everyone out here. Approach life with a thought-provoking attitude, where. You're analyzing and you're, and you're realizing what you want to do in life. And you want to know your passion. I mean, D. Will started this show because he wanted to follow his passion in sports. And he wanted to surround himself with people who share that passion. And so my word to you is that don't have people around you who don't share your passion, who don't have a direction in their lives. Who aren't thinking about who are thinking about the next day instead of the next ten years? That's all I have to say. God bless. This is Hammer on RSG. Signing off. Peace. This thing right here yeah, yeah, is for my people's in the streets. <laughs> yes, yes, today. Yes, yes, today. You know, as we start to show this one mic.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.